Year after year, one of the most consistent items on my do something list is to have fun with fashion. Exploring my personal style has added more joy to my everyday life and helped me feel more like myself on the regular. However, I have found that there are some brands I would love to explore more, but they are out of my typical price range. Or there's the it item that I would love to try out, but without the commitment of keeping it. Enter Armoire. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, you can build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new to you styles. I just did my quiz and have selected a few dresses for the summer from Bowdoin, one of my favorite brands that I can't typically afford. And I also got a double-breasted black blazer from a new-to-me designer, a classic item that I have been on the hunt for but too scared to commit to until I know it's the one. For you expecting mamas, for those who are working or those who are style-obsessed, who want to switch out your wardrobe with quality pieces without the designer prices, check out this woman-owned company that has your style and your sustainability in mind. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash progress. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash progress to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. What is getting in between you and creativity? You are listening to About Progress. This is Giving Yourself Permission to Create with Ashme Hoyland. Welcome to About Progress. I am your host, Monica Packer, and I am here to guide you toward living the life you want. Each week, you'll hear interviews and teachings on how to balance self-development with self-acceptance. Listen in and join our community that knows life is about progress, not perfection. Today's interview really is one that felt extra, extra special. I'm going to introduce you to Ashme Hoyland. She is an incredible artist and writer. You might know her from her many memoirs and her We Brave Women cards. And I personally was introduced to her with her illustrations to Mother's Milk, an amazing book I highly recommend. Um, But today, Ashme and I are going to talk about the ways that we need to give ourselves permission to create and to say we are creative, even if it doesn't feel natural to us, doesn't feel like a gift, and it demands work. That's what creativity looks like. Ashme lives that every single day and her choice to create is something that she values and it's a relationship she has built that has taken centerfold in her life. If you struggle relating to creativity or if you hold yourself back by thinking it needs to amount to a product or something that earns you money or fame or whatever that is, Ashme is going to speak to you today. 
let's dig into hearing what Ashme has to say about giving herself permission to create. This is something that she has had to work hard at herself. And if someone as talented as she is with art and writing can admit to this struggle, this tangle of a relationship with creativity, I hope it inspires you to give yourself permission to try in whatever way you think you could be creative or even want to be creative. I hope this is the push you need today. Before we do that, I do want to tell you she mentions her new memoir, but we forgot to kind of give you more information about that. It's called A New Constellation, a memoir, and it's on Amazon. And I ordered mine directly after getting off the interview with Ashmi. I've linked to that and any other way you would love to learn more about her and see her work. Hi, um, I am Ashmi Hoyland. And above all, I would say that I am a writer. I didn't used to say that even maybe a year ago. I didn't say that, um, but I've wow. finally come to embrace the thing that I love. I love um, being creative in lots of ways, but above all, I think that I am a writer. Um, so I've, I've written and illustrated some children's books. Um, I did a project a couple years ago called the We Brave Women Project, and it was a set of cards about brave women from history um, their paintings and then their stories. Um, and then I've written a couple of memoirs. Um, most recently, um, I wrote one, um, in the weeks following my diagnosis of MS and yeah, so, and I have three kids. I, um, do most of my work from home. We currently live in Santa Cruz, California. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, that's me. I'm super happy to be here. I love what you do. Oh, thank you. I mean, I was just um, basically oozing uh, like a fangirl on the other side here. Just being <laughs> able to talk to you is such a privilege. You know, you. I was curious. So how did you introduce yourself before? Um, what, what would you claim? Would you claim artist or did, did you have a hard time well, even claiming anything? In some ways I didn't want to assert that I was this thing because then it maybe felt scary. Yeah. Like it was a risk to say that I was that thing, mm -hmm. um, to say I was a writer and then potentially write a book that nobody reads or that nobody likes mm -hmm. or that fails, um, is a pretty big risk and a scary thing. But I also have found it to be, um, just to say that and to own it feels liberating mm -hmm. in a lot of ways because, um, I've turned, it's like, it turns out that even failure is pretty okay. Like yes. you work through it and you can uh -huh. still, like you can be a failed writer for a time and it doesn't mean that you are a failed writer for always. Yes. Um, so. Well, yeah, you know, that's something I'm hugely passionate about and I totally understand, yeah. you know, wanting to have that legitimacy and also the fear behind claiming this big part of yourself that you want to be who you are. And I think what's going to resonate with people here are people who are afraid of creativity because they amount it to something that needs to be uh, whatever they have in their mind in order to qualify as creative. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I just hope what they take from you is you can just claim it, just make it yours. If you want to write, say you're a writer. If you want to paint, say that. If you want to be an organizer, say that whatever creativity speaks to you. So I'm glad that you would yeah. tell us about that. Like I was always the kid in the class thinking that I had done the project like everyone else had and like the instruction said, and then showing up to class and realizing like, oh, 
<laughs> like I was somehow way off base. Really? <laughs> this was not the thing that everyone else did. Yeah. Um, but I, and I've always, I mean, ever since I was a tiny kid, I did tell people like when I get older, I want to write and illustrate books. Hmm. Um, and that has somehow stuck around has <laughs> been the thing. So um, it's definitely been, I come from a family of artists in a lot of ways. Um, but it's also been something that I've grown into in many ways, um, especially as I've started to learn more about my ancestors and my past um, and recognizing um, how much this is a part of us. Mm-hmm. Um, that is, has, seems to have been a natural part of doing things, um, like creative work, but I've also realized how much I choose that also, Hmm. um, that there's lots and lots of things that I could choose to do. Um, but at the end of the day, when I, when I really evaluate and kind of meditate on the things that bring me a lot of joy, and I think therefore the things that will be most productive and the thing that I should do the most of, um, it's usually creative work. Um, but it's definitely something that, um, I have to work really hard at. I have to fail a lot at, um, and I have to choose again and again. Hmm. Okay. So I think this is speaking to another struggle we have in terms of tapping into a creative outlet. We think it should just come easily or naturally, you know, that we should be naturally gifted at something. So I love that you're playing back the curtains here, Ashmi, that it's, that it is a choice, that it, it does involve work and failure and all of that. And, and for you, I also think what I was hearing you say is you choose this creativity time and this work of creativity uh, before your to-dos, you know, or not maybe just before all the time, but you make the time for it. So how does that look for you? Um, yeah, and I should say, um, so my three kids are young right now, yeah. and my husband is um, starting a business. Mm-hmm. So, um, okay, a That's lot busy of time. time. <laughs> it is. And yeah. um, my studio is like a small desk in the garage yeah. where I just brushed away this most giant spider web, and I saw oh, yeah. it out from it. <laughs> so it's not like it's not. Um, it's not glamorous. No, it is not glamorous, but it's, <laughs> yeah. also, um, it's also my space and my, like, I, I just love, love, love going out to the garage um, and being able to take that time when I can get it. Um, and I think that it's, it's, a, it's been really important for me to remember and to be gentle with myself mm-hmm. when I think of the way that that creative time ebbs and flows. Yeah. Um, and there are periods in my life where it somehow the time shows up and it makes more sense for me to spend a couple hours there a day. Um, and there are times when it just is not the right time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I used to really um, criticize myself for that and think like, oh, if you really loved it, you would get up at 5 a.m. and go out and do the thing you love. Um and it turns out that I actually don't do that partly because I'm just tired and yeah. have small kids. And uh-huh. it, it doesn't actually mean that I don't still love to create. Mm-hmm. Um, it just means that there are the creative period ebbs and flows all mm-hmm. the time. 
Mm. Um, And I think for me, the most important thing is to be in tune enough to recognize when that voice is calling and saying, now is the time to make the thing. Um, And then I do make the time and then I do get up at 5 a.m. or I stay up late. Um, Mm -hmm. But that time is not always. Wow. I love how you're describing this as a relationship to your creativity. It's just another part of your life, but I don't know. It just, I like seeing it as a being almost and just the way you're describing it. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to know with this relationship that you have with your creativity, um, how has it become a form of um, an outlet of sorts when you are going through a hard time and how has it served you and carried you through a difficult time? Sure. Um, so I, I feel like for me, um, creating both making artwork um, doing things with my hand, working through ideas and in particular right now, writing, mm-hmm. um, it is a form of, of self therapy. And there's a quote by Louise Glick, one of my favorite poets that says, and it says writing, but I think it could be creativity in general. Um, writing is a kind of revenge against circumstance and bad luck, loss, pain. If you make something out of it, then you've no longer been bested by these events. Hmm. Um, and I think, so in reference to a particular time, um, I, so I mentioned I recently was diagnosed with MS yeah. and I knew that it was my experience to own, that I didn't want that experience to be handed to mm-hmm. me and dictated for me by circumstances themselves. Um, and maybe that's just a matter of like me wanting control. But <clears throat> the act of writing about the experience in the weeks immediately post the diagnosis um, was a really really expansive experience Hmm. and uh, it made me curious about the world in ways that I would not have been able to see otherwise Hmm. and I think that is the beauty of allowing ourselves to fully immerse ourselves to as much as we can when we recognize that the time or the event um, or the circumstances calling for that Um, because it now it's made this MS diagnosis not something that I fear, but something that I was able to um, kind of grapple with and mm-hmm. kind of look right in the eye and say, what is this thing and what does it mean right now? So it, I actually really loved the experience of being able to write in that time period. Um, mm-hmm. It felt really important. And in a lot of ways, there have been a lot of art projects that um, I'm thinking of one in particular where I was really struggling with body image mm-hmm. and I did a project where I had people send in photographs to me of their bodies along with kind of a title or a word that had been given their body either by them or by other people and then I I would draw or paint them with that title or word um, and it it felt like a, it was just such a teacher to me to be able to do that to work alongside these people and these images and this project that I didn't know what would be what it would be initially um was a 
so again and again, experiences like that have um, have really been formative and have brought the world into sharper focus and let me into corners that I couldn't see otherwise. You were writing in real time. It amazes me that you use this in real time to process what was happening to you. And I'm wondering for someone who is in the middle of a dark time, how are they able to choose this? Like you have talked about this choice element, how are they able to choose a creativity as a form of outlet, but as also a form of processing the hard they are going through to see it from a different vantage point, um, to lend that curiosity that you spoke about? Um, what can they do to tap into that better when they probably don't want to? Yeah. And I think that's a very, very fair um, feeling to not want to go there. And sometimes it's not the right thing. If you, if you can kind of enter and like step into your heart and say, is this the right time to like acknowledge and to process and to work through this thing, Mm -hmm. then go for it. But also be so kind and gentle with yourself and know that if now is not mm. the right time, there will be a right time. Okay. Um, and a lot in, I teach writing classes and that's a lot of what we do is like both writing in real time, but recognizing and going back to things that have been kind of stored up and are glowing and ready, um, ready to be lit into a full fire. So, and to talk about that, I'll just read, um, a little quote that I love from a poet named John O'Donohue. I'd love that. Um, so he says, a beginning is ultimately an invitation to open toward the gifts and growth that are stored up for us. To refuse to begin can be an act of great self-neglect. Mm-hmm. Um, and so again, like it's not always the right time to begin but I think more often than not, um, we would not be hurt by beginning um, and mm-hmm. by trying something. Because I, I think what I love so, so much about writing is its ability to surprise us consistently, to let us, to teach us what we know, but don't realize that we know. Mm-hmm. And so in writing about this MS diagnosis and the time, the weeks after that, and like the month or so after that, um, I didn't know what any of it meant when I yeah. set out to write about it. And I didn't know the characters that would be a part of the book. And I didn't even know the things that I had taken a detail, detailed inventory of to even speak about until I sat down and wrote them out. Mm-hmm. And now when I read that book, I feel so grateful because I don't remember those things now and I don't see them in the same way. Mm-hmm. And so I think there, there is so much value in uh, writing or creating without expectation and without judgment of self mm-hmm. um, and without dictating that this writing or this piece of creativity has to be something Um, But that the process of doing it, even if no one ever sees it, even if we just throw it away, um, the process of creation is a pretty holy and sacred space to enter into. And I think one worth entering into. Mm -hmm. 
especially for those who have told themselves over and over again throughout their lives that they're not creative, mm-hmm. right? I think yeah. no one needs that more to give themselves that, that holy space and, and, and also the space of it's okay to mess it up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and actually, so the, the classes that I teach on writing, that is one of the main tenets is that we are not creating for anyone but ourselves. And I think for a lot of people, it, it takes some time to work through that concept Mm-hmm. of and we we work through like who is in your audience i think it's a useful thing to stop and say like which voices are already speaking to me before i've done anything and what are those voices saying to me and how am i hampered by those voices and they can be both good and bad voices like sometimes um like our mom's voice or our spouse's voice or our children's voice gets into our head and we want to make the perfect or right thing for them because we know they'll love it. Um, or there's the critic's voice. And I think this process of creating solely for ourselves is a pretty beautiful and bold thing to do. Because I, in an era where everybody sees like so much of us and we feel like the purpose often of creation is to showcase it somewhere Mm. um, to kind of push against that and say, no, I'm actually going to just make something for me. Hmm. I think it's a a move of self-respect and really a move of power to say that the things that I make are just for me and that is enough um, is really, really exciting. You know, I'm even thinking back uh, when I, when I started all the work I'm doing, I had no end in mind. And I started by writing and doing a blog that was this form of me trying to process my life stories up to that mm. point. Yeah. And I was all over the place too. I mean, I was talking about interior design and then I would write an essay on my faith and then I'd write an essay on body image and then I'd share a recipe I just did. And none of it connected except it was all part of this larger space I had given myself to explore and dig in and get messy. And in doing that, I think I was able, like you've described, to make so much more sense of what I had gone through in my life and to take back my power in it and to see more perspective about where it could take me. And it's taken me here to this message Mm -hmm. I didn't know I had until Mm -hmm. I got messy with it. Um, and I'm seeing that in you too. And I wanted to know for you, where do you get your courage? I mean, ask me what you do takes so much courage. And even for you, I mean, we're around the same age to have written several memoirs about your own life story. I just, I, I'm in awe because of your courage. So where do you get that? And how can we um, learn from you about how to have that courage to get messy with this creativity that is in all of us. Oh, well, thank you so much. Um, courageous is not often a thing that I feel or would describe myself. So thank you. Really? Um, and thank you for sharing your story too. I imagine. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's so nice to, to see that so many of us are surprised by the ways in which our creativity pivots and mm-hmm. takes us. Um, and I'm so glad that you did that work. Obviously, all of us are glad that you've done that work. Yeah, I'm so glad my (laughs) life is totally different because of it, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, and I think in terms of, of courage, I think it, maybe it just comes from like just being okay with being completely honest. So exciting to me in writing of being able to say, well, you might not agree with me, but I still honestly felt that way. And it seems like that's a pretty hard place to argue with Mm -hmm. um, when, because nobody can say to you, no, you didn't have that experience or no, you didn't feel that way or it was incorrect for you to feel that way because you did. Like there's, (laughs) it's just a fact that you did. And it, and so for me, that feels like a safeguard in a lot of ways. It's why I, I like the genre of memoir. I don't know that I would always, I, I don't know that I will always write memoir, but I do love that process and how much sovereignty it gives me over my own story. And to mm-hmm. say, this story does not need to be your story. It doesn't need to even agree with your story. Um, but hopefully there's some part of it in there that helps you to say, oh, me too. <laughs> and then um, prompts or inspires whoever the receiver is of that thing um, to tell some of their own story in some way. That, that I would say is my, my greatest hope is that not that people read or see anything that I do creatively and say, oh, hers is more important or more interesting than what I have to say, but can say, oh, she's just writing about or creating about these most uh, plain, quotidian, like simple things in life. It must mean that somewhere um, in my life, there are important things to tell as well. Mm -hmm. Over and over again, I just keep getting the word permission, you know, giving permission to yourself and, and removing that judgment and giving yourself space to just let it be. There's so much there. Yeah. And I'm, I'm actually so glad you said that word. Um, we hadn't talked about that before, but, um, in all of, so my, um, the woman that I teach writing classes with, we've talked again and again about what is the thing that we are aiming to do. Um, and I think it's, it, goes back to any of my creative work is what is the thing that feels most important to me Um, and permission Mm -hmm. is the word that we always come back to Um, and I think it it is such a joy to help people give themselves permission to do ridiculous things and to do things that fail and to to be surprised by themselves and by their story um, and to give themselves permission to do it just for them mm-hmm. and not for anyone else. I think that um, that type of work just really lights me on fire and makes me, uh, just makes me want to dance around when I see mm-hmm. people who have given themselves permission to trust themselves and to trust their story. Well, I'm going to turn this um, uh, back to you, Ashmi, then. What is the most important thing to you? I think in, I think just being continually curious for myself and, and being gentle with myself that like, I don't, I don't always know when or how 
the right thing is going to come about or even the thing that will make me any money and that's okay like Mm it it's the process of creating feels like such a spiritual layered complex space um to enter into that just the act of being able to do that feels most important to me Mm -hmm. Of, of kind of I kind of picture it like a forest or a meadow that I just get to be there by myself and I'm looking around and I'm curious um, and I'm seeing things that I don't always um, give myself permission to see when I'm like running around doing all the other things of life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I see so much growth in, in how you have related to your creativity as um something separate from you, but also an extension of who you are. So as you've given yourself more grace with your creativity, I see that as an extension of giving yourself more grace and just how beautiful that is for me to imagine this creativity is an extension of you. And as you relate to it, that's also how you're relating to yourself. Um, I'm, I don't know. It's just teaching me so much about how I'm viewing what I'm doing and my own creative outlet, which might not be writing or art, um, but it's something creative. It's making sense of something um, that needs to be explored because I need to be explored. Yeah. Yeah. I think definitely. And I think one thing that I meant to say much earlier um, is that also for me, and this is another way in which I am like changing my own definitions of what it is, what it means to be a creative. Mm -hmm. Um, It does not always mean creating a physical thing. Yeah. Um, Like sometimes just living and finding a way to kind of, and I I don't always do this. I'm not always great at it at all. Um, But finding these touch points um, and just like brief moments in the day where you allow yourself to get in the mindset of, um, maybe just appreciating and noticing. And sometimes that's all I can do. A lot of days, that's all I can do mm-hmm. is notice something or pay attention. I think creativity is not always manifest as a, a physical product. Mm. Um, and it definitely does not always have to manifest as something that has monetary value. There we go. Yes. I love both of those because I think that's what what we put in place to sabotage us even trying creativity. You know, I know my audience is going to want to know um, how you are feeling. Where are you at with your symptoms? And your, I know it's still in the early phases of things, but I just have to ask on the behalf of the listeners, oh, how sure. are you feeling? Um, you know, it's, it's, I feel fine. I actually feel great. I'm on a new medication. Yeah. Um, that actually came out less than two years ago. Mm. Um, and it's a medication that you only get every six months. It's they infuse it through an IV. Um, so I it's MS is hard because you don't know if it's that or you don't know if you're just I mean, it just looks so different for everyone. Yeah. But so far for me, um, I've been fine. I've been totally fine and normal. Yeah. And I just have this really nice sense of whatever it is will not only be okay, um, but will likely ask me to, um, to find ways to be creative and to pay more attention to what's around me. So, Mm. um, 
yeah, it, it may look totally different a year from now or yeah. six months from now. Um, but for now, I've been really lucky and really grateful to be healthy and to be okay um, and to have access to great medication. Mm-hmm. So thank you yes. for asking. Yeah. Well, I know that's a miracle even in its own right, this medication for you. Um, I have a final question for you, but first I, I want to take your workshops <laughs> and mm. I'm sure many of my listeners will too. Can you tell us a little bit more about them? Sure. Um, so we, my friend Kathy and I, who is, we met each other in our MFA programs and she's a wonderful writer and the loveliest human ever. Um, we teach 12 week courses um, that are for people who want to write, but have maybe never written. Um, they could also be pe for people who are already writing and want to improve their writing. Um, and in, in a lot of ways, um, we are obviously teaching like writing techniques and giving writing prompts, um, but it's also um, working through a lot of the emotional barriers or boundaries that we set up surrounding writing and surrounding telling our stories. Um, so we do, it's 12 weeks, there's a live session or a live class every week, and then we give readings and um, there are interviews you can watch. Um, at the end of this last session, we did an online reading with all of the students in the class, um, and I just cried for like two hours. It's all um, personal essay um, mm. or personal writing in some way, and it just was so exciting to me to see and to recognize that a lot of these stories were being told for the very first time. Mm -hmm. um, wow. And so, yeah, it is, um, it's my favorite thing in the world to do. Like I get giddy before class every, every time we teach. So that's um, amazing. Yeah, all the, that's your calling. I feel like it is. I feel like it is. And I feel like that's when I started, when I realized I'm going to be teaching people writing and I'm kind of good at it and I love it. Yeah. I can call myself a writer. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so if anybody is interested, um, all of the information is at mindtotell.com. Um, okay. I'll put that in the show notes too. Yeah, mindtotell.com. Mindtotell.com. And the, for anyone here, um, I'll put a code on there for $25 off with About Progress. So Thank you. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I want to join. I think I'm going to use this my own code here so i'll i'll put that in the show notes and and it starts june 12th um, or is that june, the last day the last day to register is june Kay. 12th the class starts june 13th wonderful mm -hmm. wow thank you so much i appreciate that thank um you. so my final question for you ash may is you know we've kind of talked about your relationship to creativity and and how that has grown and developed at this point of your life what does your creativity mean to you and what has it taught you? When I think about creativity, I mean, and I'm not even the, like, I'm, I'm so, I feel like I lack in so many ways. Um, and I'm so far 
behind the things that I would want to do and the things that I would want to be. But the thing that I love about it is it's something that I have cultivated and cared for and created a relationship with um, so that I know, like I can, I can trust this part of myself and I can trust that when, when the time is right, a new project will surface and that, um, and will kind of like offer me the first little string. And I, I know that if I trust and follow that little string, it will likely lead me to something that I didn't know before and will, will show me the world in a multifaceted way, which for me makes my life vibrant and, and makes me want to, to heal myself in the best way that I can um, by doing this work so that I can then go out and make the world better. Um, but I think recognizing that my, my own relationship to creativity, to actually doing the work, to engaging um, with it and to fully entering that world and trusting it and being like doing things that feel a little weird or wacky or out of my comfort zone um, will yield me um, with a more beautiful life. It, even if it's not, um, it, even if it doesn't make me money or make me famous or um, even if not very many people ever see it, um, learning to trust that that's okay, that there still is um, a lot of value in mm. pursuing that path and entering kind of that, that forest of creativity. You totally talk like you write, which is so fun for me to see (laughs) (laughs) in real time. Yes. Um, I love that. Love your voice um, too. It's just, yeah, it's just you. That's what I love about your writing. It's you. Um, Ashmi, this interview has felt extra special to me. I am so, so grateful you would take the time. I can't wait to share this with my community. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here and grateful for the work that you are doing. I think it's just clearly such an important and necessary work. And I love, I love in that speaking to you, it's clear that there is a community already here. Yeah. Um, I hope so. (laughs) It feels like it for me too. Yeah. No, I think, I think you've done a really great job at, at cultivating a space that feels, uh, yeah, that feels really safe and um, like valuable things are happening here. So good job. Thanks, Ashmi. That was so sweet. I am so glad you listened to get the hug and kick in the pants you needed to grow. Let's take your learning to the next level. Print off this month's progress plan that is free by going to my website aboutprogress.com slash free. Also join our free and private Facebook group called A Work in Progress via the link in my show notes, which you can also find on my website aboutprogress.com. And best of all, be heard on this show. Be featured on the last episode of each month that is called Dear Progressor, where our listeners really, really shine. To learn how to do this, go to aboutprogress.com slash be on the show. 
you do have something of great value to share with this community and we all need to hear you. Thank you so much for being here and remember life is about progress, not perfection. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.